trying to tick some box. We are in relationship with Jesus. There's nothing stronger than the blood of the Lamb, amen. Cleanses us from our sins. Just holy and pure before God. I, I, I can't have the cross in my mind and not be moved. I just can't have the cross in my mind and not be moved by it. The price that Jesus paid for us. The precious blood of Christ, Peter tells us. It's a lamb without blemish and without spot ordained before the foundation of the world. Before God created this world, He knew you would need a Savior. He knew I would need a Savior. I'm so glad God has a plan. I'm so glad God has a plan. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. It's good to have everybody here that is here, amen, and it's a couple of visitors here for the first time, we're so glad that you've come this morning, you know, the vision of our church is summed up in three words, reach, make, and belong, we aim to be a church that reaches our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is the only thing that will change hearts, it's the only thing that mends the broken heart. The only thing that restores the gospel of Jesus Christ, we want to reach our world with it. We want to be a church that makes disciples. We're not interested in being surface-level Christians. We want to go deep in our walk with God. We want to follow Him. We talked about it in life class this morning. We want to walk the way of the cross. We understand that to be a disciple means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. So we want to make disciples and we want to Create a community of believers where everybody belongs. It doesn't matter your background, your story, whether you lived for God in the past and you walked away or whether you've never heard of the name Jesus and you walked through our doors for the very first time. We want this place to be a place that feels like family. We want to reach our world. We want to make disciples. We want a community where people feel like they can belong. Amen. Most of all, we want the presence of Jesus. Jesus is not here, then we're just another social club. We're just another group of people hanging out together. Probably looking a little bit silly the way we carry on and praise God. But when Jesus is involved, it makes all the difference. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. You got your Bibles? Why don't you turn with me to the epistle of Peter, the first epistle, Peter. First Peter. I've had this message knocking around in my mind for the last two weeks now. It's probably a bit of a follow-up to what I preached a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, I preached from Psalm 119, 135. Great peace have those who love your Lord, and nothing causes them to stumble. So I preached about great peace. So we're going to follow up, I guess, a little bit from that. What time is it? I don't want to preach for too long this morning. First Peter chapter one. And I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read from verse one. Say amen when you're there. 
reading in the New King James, it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. Someone say living hope. Man, that just gives me joy right there. Living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power through power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, verse 6, you greatly rejoice. Someone say, greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. I want to preach for a few minutes this morning on joy inexpressible. Joy inexpressible. Turn to the person next to you and say, joy inexpressible. Amen. Praise the Lord. Just bow your heads with me one more time and let's just pray. Precious Jesus, thank you that we can be here today. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your word that changes hearts and lives, Lord God. Thank you that we can be here. Let your presence continue to work in our hearts. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Let me give you a little bit... Pardon me. Can I get a bottle of water, please? Thank you. I'll give you a little bit of a background here. When Peter wrote this epistle, we think, scholars kind of agree, that he was writing this when he was in the city of Rome. And at this particular time in history, what was known as the Pax Romana existed. I, I think I'm saying that right, but it means the, the Roman peace. Everybody loved the Romans. Well, most people loved the Romans because the Romans had brought peace to their provinces. Granted, that peace was brought around with a great deal of brutality and violence, but now that the empire had been established, their provinces were relatively peaceful. As a matter of fact, really, it was kind of the best time for the gospel to spread because there wasn't any major wars happening within the borders of Rome. There was the occasional revolt. Right, but people could travel freely throughout Rome because of the Roman peace. Not only was there Roman peace, but there was also Roman roads. It was easy to get around. People could travel a lot more freely. People were Roman citizens, which meant you could travel all over the empire. There weren't lots of individual nation states. It was just one big Roman empire. And it was peaceful. And everybody kind of fitted in. They had peace for everybody. Security for everybody. For the Romans, for the Greeks. For the Gentiles, for the Jews, no matter your background, the Roman peace was there and everybody kind of enjoyed it. And as a result of that, there was a great deal of pressure in society and culture at that time 
to really just kind of relax and just enjoy the peace that we have because Rome is in charge. We're not worried about famine. Rome has provided plenty of food. Yes, we have to pay our taxes, but we've got good roads. Crime is punished appropriately. And, you know, it's peaceful. So we should just relax. It was easy to be comfortable in Roman provinces. It's easy to just be at peace, to not stress out too much about life, just kind of relax and rest and just kind of cruise through. But, it's always a but, there were some people who didn't fit in. These people were the Christians. Because the Christians didn't like to worship the emperor. They didn't praise the emperor for the peace that he bought, but they praised someone called Jesus Christ. They lived their life for Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ was their priority. And, and Peter writes his letter to these people. He says to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. These were all different provinces of Rome. very, very peaceful. There wasn't really any persecution against Christians at this time. It was just peaceful. And, and Peter writes to them. And the word we see there, pilgrims, in Greek is the papademos. And papademos is a very interesting Greek word because in the New Testament it's only used twice. And Peter uses it in 1 Peter the only two times it's ever mentioned. The papademos. And uh, there was another Greek word that he could have used, and that was peroikos. And there's a slightly different meaning between both of them. Stay with me. I know that ancient Greek is always fun for me, maybe not for everybody, but stay with me. Peroikos, which is the other word that is used in New Testament, that is a word that they use for people who do not belong in a particular city, but they have decided to stay there anyway. They're not really citizens of that town. They don't belong in that town. But these people, the Poroikos, they are going to just stay there anyway. They've made a decision. We're going to just do the best we can, build the best life we can. We're going to just stay here. We still don't quite fit in. We're still strangers is what it's translated in English in our New King James Version of the Bible. But we're just going to stay here. But Papademos is different. Papademos were the people who were determined not to stay. And if they had to stay somewhere, they were staying there against their will. They were determined not to fit in. They were determined not to build a life in that city. They were determined not to make any part of that culture part of their culture. They were determined to be different. And, and Peter writes to these people, these people who are determined not to stay and not determined, determined not to be interested in the inheritance of this world. You know, see, Peter writes to them, he says that your eyes are on an inheritance. Peter describes it as an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, and did not fade away. Now, I don't know about you, but I see some parallels in that for us today. We live in a very peaceful society. It is so comfortable in Australia. It is so comfortable in Australia. We have food on the table. Man, we feel like we are in trouble if the supermarket starts running out of toilet paper. We have, we're not worried about police busting in our door. We're not worried about where our next meal is going to come from. We're not worried about if our job is going to be lost in the morning or we're suddenly going to be arrested. Amen. We live in a very comfortable society. Amen. And there is pressure. 
on us as Christians to just conform, to just, just relax. It's okay. You don't have to live for Jesus quite as much. You can, just, you can live for Jesus. It's okay. But just don't, don't give him 100%. You know, you've got to think about your job. You've got to think about your career. You think about your family. They need all the good things in life. Hello? But see, we cannot be like that. Amen. We are called to be papadimos. We are called to not be satisfied in this world. We are called to have something in our spirit that says, I do not want to be comfortable here. I don't want my home to be here. I don't want, I just don't fit in here. This culture is not my culture. My culture is from heaven and that is where I'm following and that is where I'm going and that is my intention, amen. We need to have something in our spirit that says, I am determined to not make this world my home. I'm not going to fit in here. I am determined that I am going to be moving on. Pilgrims in the New King James. Pilgrims. You know, and the only way that we can have that is if our focus is beyond this world. If we lift our eyes off of the inheritance that this world offers us, the comfort of a good life, the comfort of a good home, the comfort of a nice car, the comfort of food, and all that kind of stuff, and none of that is bad. But when that takes our focus off the things of God and puts them onto the things of world, that's when we start becoming that other Greek word where we're like, oh, you know what, I'm just going to build the best life I can down here. Yes, Jesus is enough, and I'm going to have about 80% of him in my life but just in case he fails me just in case he lets me down I'm going to take care of myself right now no we are called to be pilgrims in this earth we are called to move beyond this earth we are called to keep our focus on an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled and will not fade away hallelujah someone say amen the inheritance for both them and us it's not a mansion in heaven because we're going to be too busy worshiping around the throne. It's not streets of gold because we're going to have our eyes shut worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's not crowns that we receive from God because we're going to throw them down at the feet of Jesus. Amen. But we have a living hope that one day because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we will live forever in eternity with Jesus as heirs and joint heirs with Him. Amen. And that is what I am looking forward to. And that is what my eyes and my focus is on. Amen. Because one day the trumpet is going to sound and we will be taken home. Amen. And we will no longer be a part of what's happening down here. Oh, that makes me excited. Hallelujah. To be with Jesus forever. But. Again, there's always a but. They didn't fit in. And so there is persecution. There is a constant tug to fit in. Just stop fighting the flow of culture. Just stop fighting the flow of custom. Just come along. It's okay. Just be a part. Just, it's only something small. And you can go back to church on Sunday. Hello? It's a constant persecution and a constant pulling and tugging to go away. And it's, it's not just, you know, history tells us that when Peter wrote this letter, there wasn't really state-driven persecution at this time. But these people were under pressure every day and from every angle of the society they lived in, saying, just give up on Jesus. Just come worship the emperor. Just enjoy the peace that we have. Just enjoy the life that we've got down here. And yet they were stubborn-minded and refused to conform. 
And so too, in our culture and in our life, we face this pressure in our life. We face this pressure in our workplaces and in our schools and in our colleges, amen. And, and in our homes, this constant pressure to, it's okay, it's just a little thing. You know, you can come back to Jesus later on. It's just a little part. He's not going to mind, amen. And, and this pressure is building and building and building and building. And we can liken it to persecution. Because it attacks us and it's constant. It's like a drip of water on a rock. It's just slowly wearing away over and over and over and over again. And so Peter writes and he says, because you don't fit in, you're going to have persecution. Everything was given over to celebrating Rome. Everything was given over to preserving Rome, to making sure that the status quo was not disturbed. And and Peter describes their faith. He says, your faith is tested by fire. It's a constant heat that is applied to their faith. But the very fact that these pilgrims, these papadimos, the very fact that they felt that heat proved to them that they were on the right path. And you know, we, we, we often have the wrong excuse me, attitude when it comes to trials. When it comes to persecution, we begin to think, God, why is this happening to me? God, this is not fair. God, I don't understand. Why am I feeling this pressure? Why am I being persecuted? Why are people attacking me for what I believe in? Why are people making it hard for me to live for God? Why are people pursuing me and, and making life hard? Amen. But the very fact that we feel the heat tells us that we are onto something special. Amen. The same thing applies to us. Everything in this world is given over to preserving the status quo, to keeping everything the same. Let's just try and calm down. Let's just relax. Let's not pursue Jesus to the full extent. Amen. But we are not focused on the here and now. We are focused on what we cannot see. We are not focused on what we can see and touch. And because of that, we have no intention on building our life down here. You know, trials should not cause us to despair. Because the closer we get to Jesus the more the pressure will intensify. You know, Peter writes, and he says that our hope is in Jesus. You know, and and like these early believers, you know, when Peter wrote this, he was towards the end of his life, and he writes to them, and he says, you believe, but you haven't even seen Jesus. He's like, I believe, but I walked with him. I was there with him. I saw the miracles, but he said, you guys, you guys haven't seen him, but you believe. And, And that's what we're like today. We don't, Jesus hasn't walked into this church in physical form. We haven't physically seen Him. Amen. But we still believe in Him. We've never heard His audible voice speak to us, but we see Him, we feel Him in our hearts, and something has captured our hearts and our minds, and, and we believe. We believe in what Jesus did for us. We believe in His resurrection. We believe that He is coming back for His church. And that is why Peter says we rejoice with inexpressible joy. Joy that we can't even find the words to explain. And because the world looks at us and says, you're not conforming to us. You're not trying to be like us. You're being different. You've got all this pressure and all these problems, and all these situations, and you're still joyful, but it's inexpressible. I've got great peace, we talked about two weeks, and I've got inexpressible joy, amen, because we have measured the worth of this world and compared that to what Jesus offers us. 
And that's why we've got inexpressible joy because we've recognized that what we have in Jesus is worth far more and far more valuable than anything else this world could ever have to offer. This world could give you the most money. It still wouldn't be as good as Jesus. You could drive the nicest car, have the nicest house, work the nicest job, but it still would not compare to the joy that we have in serving Jesus. Amen? Inexpressible joy inexpressible joy and we cannot find the words to say how happy we are to be living for Jesus yeah and this is what confuses the world because the world thinks that Christians should be sad that Christians should be dull. look at everything you've got to give up to live for Jesus I mean you know, we talked about it in the life class this morning what you've got to take up your cross you've got to die to yourself you've got to give everything up you got to make Jesus the only priority in your life you should be miserable no 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 that's not what my life is like amen the Bible says that if we didn't have Jesus we would be like all men as most miserable amen it is Jesus that gives us inexpressible joy the fact that we know him the fact that we can have a relationship with him the fact that we can spend time in his presence the fact that we can serve him with all of our heart with all of our soul with all of our mind that gives us inexpressible joy amen amen and the last thing i think that gives us inexpressible joy as we get ready to wrap up this morning peter i like peter We've talked a bit about Peter this morning, but you know, in the book of Matthew, Peter had that revelation from God that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And and Jesus said, you are Peter, and upon this rock, the revelation of who Jesus was, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Amen. And, And it's perhaps with that in mind, as Peter is thinking about his whole life, And he remembers those words that Jesus spoke. That it didn't matter what the world did, not even an enemy as powerful as death would ever be able to beat the church. It's perhaps with that in mind that Peter writes, he says in verse 5, that we are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. That word, kept there. Word kept is the same word we use for God. We are guarded by the power of God. That gives me so much joy because I am a part of a church that cannot be defeated, amen. But not only that, my life is guarded by the power of God. The devil can come against me and he will, but he will not prosper. We sung it this morning, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Why? Because the greater one lives inside of me, amen. We are filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. We are kept by the power of God, amen. And it is through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last days or in other words you know we don't see what our salvation in its final form will look like right now we don't have any control over what tomorrow brings but we know and we have inexpressible joy because it doesn't matter what tomorrow brings it doesn't matter what the next week brings or the next month brings my life is kept by the power of God come what may my footsteps are ordered by God he is working in my life for my favor amen My life is kept by the power of God. Why don't we all stand this morning? We can have inexpressible joy 
because we know that the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And because we know that we are guarded by the power of God. And even though we have trials, even though we have pressure, even though we have challenges, even though we have things going on in our life, and even though we're feeling the pressure build and we're feeling overwhelmed and we're not sure which way to turn, God is still for us. And our life is kept by the power of God. Amen. See, here's the thing I think. We need to change our view about the trials in life that we go through. It's so easy to sit back and feel sorry for yourself. I'm an expert in that, if I'm honest, sometimes. I really am. Oh, it's so difficult, God. I'm so busy. I've got so much on. I'm feeling so overwhelmed. But, you know, if we come to Jesus and we take that to the Lord and we say, God, you know what? I need inexpressible joy. I need to feel something in my heart. You know, and God will give that to you. And the problems and the burdens that we carry, we can lay them at the feet of Jesus. And in return, we get inexpressible joy. It doesn't mean our life changes, but what happens is our focus is switched. Our mindset is switched. And, and like Peter says, we're not focused on the temporal. You know, in Corinthians says that the temporal things, the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. It's about seeing those things through your eyes of faith and understanding, hey, come on, I'm living for something bigger than just what I see around me. I'm living for something bigger than just the four walls of my home. I'm living for something bigger than just my job. I'm living for something bigger than my next paycheck. I'm living for Jesus Christ, and that is the biggest privilege this world could ever offer me, amen. Nothing comes close to the privilege of living for Jesus Christ. And that's why in my heart, when I live for Jesus, I have inexpressible joy. People look at me and go, you're crazy. What you doing? But I've got inexpressible joy because Jesus is my king. Jesus is my Lord. And he is the only one worth serving. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what challenges you're facing. Maybe you came here this morning and you were feeling down. That's okay. I wake up feeling down sometimes. I wake up feeling down for no reason sometimes. And i got to go to the Lord and say, come on, Jesus. Where's my joy? Come on, let's just get my priorities right this morning, amen. But maybe that's you this morning, and maybe what you need to do is experience a little bit of that joy in your life, amen. And Sister Janie's going to sing a song. She's going to play in goodness of God. Because He is a good God, amen. You know, and, and that song really puts that into perspective for us. Amen. I love you, Lord. You've led me through the fire. So how's your life going for living for Jesus? Oh, we went through a fire together. Oh, but I've got inexpressible joy. Oh, so you're still doing that church thing? Oh, yeah. Man, every Sunday. Man, if we could, if, man, I'm going to talk to pastor. I want church seven days a week. Because if we could, I'd just be there. That'd be so awesome. You're crazy. No, I'm not crazy. I've got inexpressible joy. Amen. And maybe you need to hunt that joy down this morning. Maybe you need to chase that down this morning. So we're going to open these altars. If you want to come down the front and pray, I encourage you to come and pray. Amen. Because this is something about realigning our focus. It's something we all need to do from time to time. Amen. We'll turn, we'll turn off the live stream. Amen. But let's let's just draw closer to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Inexpressible joy.